Hello, welcome everyone to On Purpose. This is Janice Alpert. Welcome to my podcast where we talk about how people have found their purpose and hopefully maybe triggering something inside of you if you're not on it, um, that you're going to maybe think about it, maybe follow it. Um, Today's guest, I'm excited. I don't know her really hardly at all other than what I Googled. Um, Her first name is Vika. I'm going to let her say her last name. It is Bulgakova. Okay. Uh, and we'll give you that last name again, too, because she's got some phenomenal, uh, I, I think her, what she does is phenomenal. So you you might want to look, I've already looked into it. I already found something that I might want to purchase. We'll discuss. Um, anyways, welcome, Vika. Thank you so much for doing this. I, we appreciate it so much. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So usually I just start off. I don't, as I said, I don't know that much about you. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your growing up and where, you know, I can, I know you're not from um, the U.S. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you, how you came to be? Um, well, how I came to be, I was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that, that goes without saying. I, I realized after I said that, that that is how you came to be. <laughs> but, we don't uh, want yeah, to I have a whole born, talk about I, the birds. We don't need I a whole born. talk about the birds and the bees on this show. I don't think so. Okay. Go Vika. <laughs> so um, I was, uh, I was born and I grew up in Ukraine. Yeah. How are th- um, how's your family and whatnot? Uh, my family is in the States. Oh, they're in the States. Uh, for okay. The most part that I do, um, I do have a lot of friends. Um, pretty much all my childhood friends are still, still in Ukraine. There. Uh-huh. And yeah, they know they're back in Ukraine. Um, and uh, we from Mariupol. So that's the city, mm. Ukrainian city that got hit. Um, the no, I saw. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are, are your are your friends safe or? Um, well, the ones that made it out are, yeah, and, uh, but not everybody made it out. I'm so uh, sorry. So that's uh, yeah, a that's, nightmare. It's horrible. I, I'm yeah, it's horrible. I'm so sorry. Okay, so thank you. Yeah, and so. um, but I was growing up when it was still Soviet Union. Oh, um, okay. It is a nineties, and um, uh, we left in for the U.S. in '94, and uh, my entire family and. Um, at that point, Ukraine already was an independent country, but funny enough, my passport still reads USSR. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes, I right now. Here. So it's just it just tells you that despite that Ukraine has been at that point, it had been independent for three wow. years, it still did not get out of the grip of Kremlin. You know, it's just <laughs> oh my goodness. How did you how did you manage to come? Because I understand that lots of times it wasn't exactly easy to leave um that whole area how did you did you have relatives here how did you end up getting to the united states uh we uh my dad is ethnically jewish oh mm-hmm. and um we also had um relatives in the united states and we applied for the political refugee status and that's how we got in wow great and where did you where did you like what city did you come to new york city new york city <laughs> yes. All right yes <laughs> <laughs> love New York. I just was actually there and I saw the music man with Hugh Jackman was fabulous. Um, so, yeah. So you so is that where you, so how old were you at this point when you I was 20? Oh, you were 20. 20 years old. So your yeah. first 20 years was in Ukraine. Uh, did you do you have brothers and sisters? What's no, nope, I'm yeah. the only one selfish mm. brat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, so when you came. So did you study at all? in the, like what were you doing in the Ukraine before you came to the U.S.? I went to music college as a piano performer. Oh, wow. Really? Yep. And uh, then when we came to the States, I completely 
um, abandon that career. <laughs> because? Well, because, you know, I was academically good. Mm-hmm. But so I, I was academically girl. good, but I didn't want to be a pianist that's academically good. <laughs> okay. So you, so you know, yeah, I just, yeah, I got, I mean, I graduated with honors and all the jazz, but then it's, um, um, I consider myself a pretty me- mediocre pan- pianist. <laughs> was your family, was your family musical? Like, did your mom or yes. dad? Ah. Yep. Both my, my mom and my dad are both classical pianists. Wow. To, and but, did they do that professionally? Was it their professional? Yep. They taught in, in music college, both of them. Oh goodness. So no wonder. So you, you it's in your blood. Okay. But you <laughs> decided of, yes. you decided that's all nice, but you know, you're very smart. Obviously you graduated with honors. You, you don't want to just be a pianist. So then what, what did you do? I just wanted to do something, I guess, where I would bring something new to the conversation. Mm-hmm. You Love know, that. Um, Go ahead. But um, I don't think I mean, it took me many, many years to figure that out. <laughs> you know, I've said yeah, this yeah. many times on this on this podcast that, you know, we don't necessarily find where we need to go in one easy step. So and that doesn't mean we shouldn't shouldn't still keep looking and and pursuing whatever we think our dream might be. But it doesn't necessarily have to be or one shouldn't expect that it's just going to be easy peasy. So it took you several years. And during this, while you were trying to figure out what like what kinds of things did you do then while you were trying to figure things out? I went to university as English major thinking I would become an attorney. Oh, okay. So that's quite a switch from a classical pianist. Go (laughs) ahead. Yes. And then I, you know, just before I was about to take my LSAT, um, I, (laughs) I went to London to study Shakespeare. And and then in London, both my roommate and I decided we didn't want to be attorneys anymore. And okay. (laughs) <laughs> what what had brought you what was your interest about being an attorney like did you for social justice or like you were in corporate america what were you thinking that was that was a part of it that mm-hmm. was a part of it also part of it is that you know when you are a first generation immigrant mm-hmm. you you you're trying to survive and i guess um you know first thing you are um people you meet in the states tell you that uh you know people that actually do well financially are either doctors or lawyers and and, um i would faint at the sight of blood so my medical career was over before (laughs) before it began before it began yes okay and uh so and then i also was making a living because i um being a paralegal because i um 100 supported myself through university you did. Uh, oh, that's yeah. not easy, especially like you said. As did you did you speak any English when you came here? Did you know any English? I did some. I did have conversational conversational English, but okay. definitely not enough to be English major. Okay. In Which, fact, just- um, I think my roommate and I were the only non-native speakers at the English department at NYU at that time in the 90s. I haven't met anybody who had accent except for either of us. Wow. All right. So so I think, I mean, it's sort of whatever you want to call um, interesting, ironic that you choose English literature as a major and you're having not English is not your number one language. So, <laughs> OK, so we're but, looking for easy way, Janice. <laughs> I, I hear that. I hear that you're someone that apparently uh, rises up to the challenge. And so so you do that and then you think, nah, I really want to be a lawyer. So I'm going to go to law school. But then you go to London to study Shakespeare. And was yes. this other friend also Ukrainian or from the Ukraine? Yes, she's, she's from Kiev. Yep. Oh, 
Okay. She's from the U.S. Okay. She is from Kiev. She is from the Ukraine, from Kiev. Oh, from Kiev. I thought yeah, you said she's Kiev, from yep. here. Oh, she's from Kiev. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's where my grandmother, by the way, my we're grandmother was very, born very close friends. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we went to London and um, we were um, obligated. <laughs> it was one of the favorite obligations I've ever had in my life. We were obligated to go to the theater every other day because we had to write um, essays comparing the Shakespearean productions to the original text. Okay. So, and uh, through that, I met a lot of actors and uh, I just saw how vibrant and happy those people were doing, loving what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess she got beaten by the same bug. So we just simultaneously decided we don't want to go to law school because I just, I was not a happy paralegal. (laughs) So you knew, you knew yourself well enough to know that while being a paralegal paid the bills, it wasn't really touching your heart and soul. You weren't feeling passionate about it. But then when you went into and saw these fabulous shows, you thought, oh, maybe I'll be an actress. I don't know. What was that what you were thinking or? I had no idea who I was going to be. I just knew I didn't want to be an attorney. Okay, All right. So you knew that was. Yeah, that's why I said it took me a while to figure it out, because after I graduated, then I had no path. You know, I had no idea. I had a lot of loans because uh, NYU ain't cheap, as you know. Nope. And um, so I landed a Wall Street job. Oh, so with uh, your with your degree in English or whatever literature, you ended up on Wall Street, which is money. Yes. Okay, and what kind of job? What kind of yeah? What I mean, I what kind of job? Like so, and then yeah, I navigated through financial world for the next twelve years. Oh. um, long time because I was, uh, you know, I got interested in technology. Um, I mm-hmm. really, um, so I got master's in, uh, communications and, uh, graphics. Meanwhile, well, of, of course you did still going to school and <laughs> like unbelievable. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, I just basically, I was, um, I was in it and, uh, I was, uh, managing development of, um, financial software products. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel about that? Did you like doing it or? I did. I actually did. I liked what I did. Um, I didn't like the environment I did it in. Mm-hmm. In what way? So, what, what, um, what was, what was, why did you not like the environment? What was happening for you? Well, I mean, somebody like me does not really do well being boxed in the office. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I don't know you very well, but I can see your energy is like, no, you, you need room to be like, like a butterfly, I like to fly, but go ahead. Yeah. And it's also, you know, when I was, um, when my first job, I was at Lehman Brothers, I had to wear a suit every day. Um, everybody looked the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, um, all the politics and bureaucracy. And I just wanted to do my job, mm-hmm. but I could never just do my job. <laughs> what else was like, what else was expected of you besides politics, gossip, uh-huh. constant interruptions, mm-hmm. um, constant noise. Then, you know, cell phones came into place and yes. then social media and everybody's phones are ringing and beeping. And it's just, it's just a lot of distraction and a lot uh, of noise. Totally. And yeah. uh, I just, uh, and, and mostly politics too. Mm-hmm. It's just office, office politics was a killer for me. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to pivot again. And I pivoted into educational sector. And um, for a few years, I actually worked at the um, educational technology. So I thought I would take my tech skills mm-hmm. 
um, my product management skills and bring them into ad. And um, but that proved to be even more disappointing because it was much work, more, much more work, more politics and less money. <laughs> mm. So when you say when you say you you um, went into education, like you went to a school to teach technology or. No, I went to work for the companies that um, were servicing uh, educational sector. OK. Like I worked with a company where I managed the program for um, over 20 charter schools, technology program for over okay. uh, 20 charter schools. Then I worked for a company that um, created uh, educational software mm-hmm. and also hardware, a tablet okay. that uh, we sold to the schools. Yeah, you're very so, kind of ahead of your time. I'm progressive. I love it. But I love you know what you're saying about because to me, this is something that I've heard many times in my career as well as personal life, you know, when you work for a company or anything where there's like, or a school district, I was a teacher like a zillion years ago, but, or a corporation or whatever, um, there usually is a lot of politics of what's the right thing to say, the wrong thing to say and gossip, you know, I'll, I'll never, and that was never for me. So I can totally relate. I've been in, I'm a, you know, I think the listeners know I'm a psychotherapist. I've been in private practice for 40 years in my own little office, because even when I thought about bringing on my original plan for myself was to bring on other therapists and kind of oversee them. And the more that I, I finally got successful, whatever I went, I, I just, don't think I can do that because I, one, I don't want to really be a boss and two, I don't want to monitor people. But one of my favorite things, just to let you know how much I understand and people should also, this is also know thyself. When my kids were younger, one of my boys said to me, how come you're not active in the PTO? And, mm-hmm. you know, for anyone that has children out there, and I'm happy that there are moms that are active in the PTO, but part of why I could never do it was because even in that environment, this one has heard about that. And this one is upset that you did this. I just could not like I went, no, this is even even in that environment, the political and the you know, what's the right thing, the wrong thing, what's correct, what's incorrect was like too much for me. So I think people should know themselves. And if they can work in that environment and they thrive in it, great. But if you can't, probably not a good fit. So you kind of figured that out in at Wall Street and then you went into this other sector and you found it was similar. Is that kind of what happened? No, actually, it was worse. <laughs> it was worse. Oh, it was worse. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I was like, it was way more work. I've never worked um, that those crazy hours ever in my life as I worked at the ad tech. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just way more work, way more politics for way less money. So, so after this, so, and. If I may ask, was there any like social time for a week? Like, did you have any fun? Was there anything happening that was like, you know, like that could balance this, like the work life balance or you were just work, work, work? Well, that's that's the thing, because when I worked in finance, surprisingly enough, I did have work life balance, more or less. Really? Um, when I worked at ad tech, uh, it was work, work, work. Wow. I mean, of course I have, of course I had friends and yeah. I mean, I wasn't just only working, but you no, know what I mean? I didn't have much time left. I and probably or that much energy to give because, you know, yeah, whether it's friendships or a partner, whatever, we have to put some energy into that. So when you're. Yeah, it's actually part of it. That's what propelled me to um, leave and pursue um, my art degree full time. Because um, I was, if I piggyback a little bit, when I was working on Wall Street, Part of what what um, kind of inspired me to start making jewelry was that um, mm-hmm. everybody wore the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just everybody had like the same engagement flashlight, 
<laughs> um, I love that the engagement flip. I guess yeah. I have one of those. Yeah. And you know, and somebody comes to work and they go like, and if, and and they show the ring and everybody goes, ah. Oh. And I'm like, it's just the same that same I saw as, yesterday. And the same I saw two days ago and the same I saw two weeks yeah, ago. So yeah, what's so was, great it, about that? Yeah, it was it was totally they were totally identical. Everybody had the same Tiffany heart, you know. Yes, yes, I understand <laughs> and, exactly. And it's just I wanted to because I wore a suit every day back in the day. <laughs> yes, it was uh, end of nineties, beginning of two thousands. Uh, so in financial company, financial companies were pretty conservative. Yes, in terms of the dress code back then, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just looking for the ways to accessorize. And um, I left, I was, I was really addicted to jewelry since I was a kid. So I just started looking for jewelry to mm-hmm. kind of spice up my outfit. And um, I didn't like anything I saw. Uh-huh. And, so first of uh, all, just have to say, I'm yeah, with you. Just, love was, jewelry. Love it. Love it. Love. And I, I wear so much. I mean, I love costume jewelry. I love. Yeah. Love it. So go ahead. So you started looking at, you always had an interest in jewelry growing up. You always thought, you know, you, you liked that. Like you yeah, liked, I liked it. wearing it. I didn't think I would be making it one day. Mm-hmm. So that was not in your like consciousness. <laughs> no, it was not in the plan. I just, you know, I was just stealing it from my grandma. That, <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> that was the plan. My grandma has good jewelry. I think I'll borrow some. Exactly. So you're, you're, you're in that. I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't find what I wanted. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not like, I'm not saying that I'm so unique that nobody can make what I like. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's just, I was, um, you know, I'm a little, I'm I'm picky in a way. And I Mm -hmm. wanted everything. I wanted to know where the materials came from, you know, and you're curious. From what I'm saying, I you're curious. curious. And I was at that point, I was very much also interested in sustainability. I was reading a lot of books in terms of, you know, about the environment, about mining, um, you know, about our food as well. Pretty much everything. You know, I love I, it. So very. So right at the beginning of this next transition, you're already thinking, you know, I've got to be conscious of ecology and the climate yep. and and green and whatever. Love that. Yep. And I wanted to, so I wanted to, um, I wanted to know where their materials came from. I also wanted the particular style. I wanted particular ergonomics because you know what, if the earrings a little bit too heavy, they're going to give you a headache. <laughs> even, even certain rings, if they're a certain shape mm-hmm. that is not comfortable, they can give you a headache. Really? So th- there was certain, so I was looking and I just, or they were, they would, you know, fit perfectly, but it wasn't the style that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's how I just started making stuff. Like um, first started buying beads. Mm-hmm. So you're, were you still in the ed tech thing? No, I wasn't in Wall Street. I was in Wall Street. That's the thing. So oh, I was you're... able to do that. And that's when I was, when I was uh, working in finance, I was okay. able to uh, take evening classes at School of Visual Arts and learn how to carve and wax and, and so literally it. physically m- making things. Yep. Amazing. So, and that's why it allowed me to do that. But then when I was, and I, I, I opened, you know, I registered a company, but it was mostly like, it was more like on the hobby side, I sold things here and there because people just saw them on me and they asked me about them. Mm -hmm. But I was just, I was, it was all about me at first. I just wanted to make stuff I wanted for me. (laughs) Okay. So your, your motivation was, I'm not seeing what I really like for my outfits. So yep. let me see what I can whip up myself. Yep. And 
And so it was just as strictly like I, I wanted for me. Well, yep. hey, that's always a good start. So and you- then my manager comes over and she's like, what did you get that necklace? And I said, I made it. And she said, how much? And I'm like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, well, Misa, I want it. So you figure it out. And wow. so that was your first sale. That was your first sale. <laughs> yes. One of my first sales. Wow. Okay. So, and then, and then it's just, uh, people started asking me and then somebody started wearing what they got from me and then somebody asked them and then people started contacting me and that's how I registered a company. And, um, and so when, I, when, when was this that you read that you first, that was back in 2006. Okay, so almost, that was a long time ago. Long but time. then when I switched to ad tech, all of it stopped. I just didn't have time. Oh, okay. But you loved it while you were doing it. When you were doing yeah. this and people were asking you to make things and then you'd go home and do it. You were like, oh, this is fun. And I love doing my art. And I love that other people are loving it. You were loving it. Totally. Okay. Then you went to ed tech, worked 90 hours a week and then it stopped. Okay. And then when, and then, and then it's just, there were multiple things that, you know, happened during the course of like the last year that I worked at the company. Uh And, um, and then I just thought that I do want to leave this behind and, um, go for one. So, so yes. So you didn't, really have like a, if you did this artful time, it wasn't like you were guaranteed a salary that you were like taking the risk to do this and hopefully, you know, support yourself. Yeah. But I also, um, you know, I, I, I knew that, um, because you know, I'm not Janice, I'm not looking for easy ways. Right. I can hear, I can hear that. I can hear that. So I wanted to, um, really gain knowledge and skills. Um, to be a professional mm-hmm. metal worker. And okay. um, I didn't have any metal skills. I only knew how to carve and wax and okay. my stuff was cast. So I hired a consultant to teach me metal smithing skills, mm-hmm. uh, created a portfolio and applied for MFA programs. So now you go back to school again to get a master's in fine arts. In fine arts, yeah. And you did that. I did that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I've lost count now how many master's degrees you have and, and, and in what items and in what areas, but just two, <laughs> just two. Well, two is a lot. So you, you finished the master's of fine arts. And so you got some skill and while you I were got, doing, not only, not only skill, that was another pivot because, you know, when you do an MFA, it's not really, it's not necessarily about commercial wearable jewelry. You okay. know, MFA is about art. Mm-hmm. So it also took me into different direction because I started really getting interested in conceptual works okay. that are not necessarily wearable. Um, Such as what's a conceptual work? Well, I um, I mean, I have more like sculptural metal sculptures, oh, okay. something more. Um, okay. I don't want to call it art because I do find it a little bit obnoxious. You know, like I, I say, I make work and it's up for people <laughs> to, it's up for somebody else to decide whether it's art or not. I'm so. going to say without even looking at it, it's art, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I'm sure it is. That's I can just see, I can tell. So then um, my work took two directions. One was wearable jewelry. Mm-hmm. made from um precious metals which is gold and silver and it's something that people can wear every day and then um another direction which is the work that um goes to exhibitions mm-hmm. gets exhibited oh. in um, galleries and um 
Okay. And museums and uh, uh, not necessarily for wearing every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, more like uh, metal objects, meaning sculptures. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's where I ended up after the Art Academy. <laughs> wow. So how long have you been doing this now? Um, I've been doing this for um, almost four years. Mm-hmm. And how do you and how are you feeling about it in terms of? Like, is this like touching your, like, you feel like you're on your path now in a, and do you love it? Is it still like, how does it feel for you? That's a really good question, Janice, because it's never for me like, oh, I've arrived, mm-hmm. you know, um, and things that seem very um, lucrative and, um, you know, very glamorous from the outside. Yes. Um, are not even nearly as glamorous when you are doing it. <laughs> You know, it's, I you do know. go I to hear the you. art exhibition and you wear those high heels and beautiful dress and drinking champagne and talking to people. But, you know, just a few hours ago, I got out of the studio and dusty and dirty. Mm-hmm. All those toxic fumes. <laughs> I hear, first of all, even when you talk about like a gala where you have to wear high heels, whatever, I'm already going, all right, I'm ready to go back to my bed and watch a TV show. I mean, like, no, that's, you know, no, I, it may look fabulous and I'm sure it is. But, you know, at different stages of life, like maybe, I don't know, when I was 40, maybe I would have thought that was cool, but now not as much. So um, especially like you said, if you're in your studio and you're like in the midst of the, you know, the mud, um, I don't know if you ever heard of the the analogy about the lotus that uh, Pema Chodron, who's a, a Buddhist monk and very spiritual, she's she he has a book called Full Bloom Lotus, and she basically talks about how the lotus starts from mud and that it has to go through layers and layers and layers of mud and until it rises to the, you know, that the top of the lake or the pond or whatever. And then you have this beautiful flower, but in order to get to the beautiful flower, in order for it to become a beautiful flower, it has to kind of go through mud. So, so I, when I think of an artist, I, and I, especially what you're telling me that you're in your studio and you're in, you know, mucky muck and whatever, and then you produce something you don't want to call it art. Uh, you you, re, you produce pieces and I'm going to say they're art, but you, we can just say they're pieces. That's fine. Um, I think that's amazing. But I just want to go back to what you said. Um, so it's not like right now you feel like, aha, I've arrived. This is it. Nope. What is it that you do feel? Not even not even close because there are so many nuances, you know, mm-hmm. even with the jewelry business, it's one thing when you do it on the side as a hobby and you have a full time job that mm-hmm. supports you with yes. you know, supports you financially. But then uh, when you do it as a business, there are so many aspects of it I don't like doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's one thing when it's a creative thing and oh, yes, let me make this particular earring and it's so cool and I made it and I wear it and everybody loves it and. But then it's just, you have to do marketing. I hate marketing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's to be honest for me right now, it's, uh, it's, I'm at the crossroads because I really don't want to do what, um, what a lot of businesses do. Mm-hmm. And I hired so many people to help me with advertising only to fire them later because I just, I just couldn't deal with um, imposing Mm-hmm. And interrupting people when they're doing something like even browsing social media. And then there are those Facebook ads and I hate Facebook ads. <laughs> if I hate them, why would I give them to somebody? Mm-hmm. So First of all, I totally hear you and I respect exactly what you're saying because I feel similarly. So I get it. 
So it's then how becoming, and it's becoming integrity question for me because mm-hmm. it is whenever I am, I pay for services not to be served ads, you know, mm-hmm. have a YouTube account because I do not want to see ads. <laughs> right. I'm with you. I'm always pressing that X, get off my site or whatever. I don't want to see and it. So- Leave it alone. Exactly. And so for me, it's uh, like I said, it's integrity question, whether do I want to be that person? And mm-hmm. uh, and I don't. So, um, OK, I just have to stop. Right. I love that, you know, that about yourself, because one of the things about if we're going to be doing our purpose, whatever that might be, if you're not going to feel that you're doing it authentically and with integrity, it's never really going to feel Right. It's just not going to feel 100 percent. And so when you say I haven't arrived yet because I'm seeing this other part now that I love making my jewelry, but there's a whole nother part of this, which is marketing and stuff that just doesn't feel right in terms of my integrity. Not sure that I want to I don't know if that means that you're not going to continue, but you're at least having a conversation with yourself. Oh, definitely. I've been having that conversation with myself in the last um three, four years. Wow. You know, and it's, uh, it's just, I did a few shows. So that's one of the way to get client to, to get introduced to new clientele, but then COVID struck, you know, mm. and that was something that made me really reevaluate my values again. Oh, COVID, I always say COVID is the gift that in many ways it, it people have off have said, uh, 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 but I cannot tell you how many people, including myself during this, I started this podcast that during COVID was a huge time of reflection and contemplation of what is it that I really want to do with my life now? So when COVID hit, you couldn't continue marketing your jewelry or whatever whatever you're doing, your art, jewelry, whatever pieces, you had to be home. I, not only that, it's also, um, I don't know if you noticed during COVID, the amount of ads that started being fed through email. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, you know, any social media channel we use was unprecedented. A million texts. I'm still trying to say stop, stop, stop. Yeah, go ahead. And a lot of companies, you know, a lot of companies that had my email from like five years ago, suddenly dug it out and started just flooding me with uh, magnificent offers. (laughs) (laughs) Always magnificent, always magnificent. Yeah. And then, and then uh, that was the time when I was actually working with somebody who was supposed to help me with marketing. And she was like, that's what you need to do. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And she said, but everybody is doing that. Okay, great. (laughs) So um, yeah, that made me reevaluate a lot of things again, because that's definitely not the route that I wanted to take. Okay. Not your path. So we're, so like for right now, then what, what are you thinking? Cause it sounds like you're in a state of flux, you know, I, at the no, moment. So I, I still, I still do my work. I just came back from Germany where I was part of a really, really big show mm-hmm. um, for, for my other people artwork. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. Artwork. Lovely. And uh, so, and I, I definitely still make jewelry and I still service uh, my clientele uh, because most of my customers are repeat customers. Those are mm-hmm. the people that just, that keep coming back. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm very, very, I consider myself super lucky and very grateful for that. Um, And at the same time, I started looking at other things, you know, like toying with the idea of, um, actually not even toying with the idea, but working with people in tech again, but now from the comfort of my own home and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and loving it, 
mm-hmm. because I don't have to be, I can create my own environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my studio and I have my office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I do not have to deal with office politics. I don't have to deal with right. disruptions. And, uh, you know, when you talk about life purpose, I mean, to me, it's just if I do something that makes people experience with whatever it is I'm touching better, mm-hmm. then I guess my purpose is fulfilled. But it doesn't even matter what it what it is. You know what I mean? You, first of all, I always end every podcast with a quote. So you're going to laugh when you hear what I what the one I picked for today. So I because I totally agree, because when when if you're touching someone, if you have a talent of whatever that is and you're following that in whatever way that is and it can change. That's what I love about your story is that you're open and and self-reflective and see what feels right inside yourself, what doesn't feel right, willing to change, take a different path, different route, as you said, if that's what's needed. But that your kind of underlying feeling is, is that if I'm giving something in terms of my own self and talent that makes someone else either feel good or happy or touches them, then can't isn't that enough? And my answer is 100 percent. Yes. So good. Good for you. And, And that you're open to whatever that change might be. So here you had all these feelings about tech and now you're thinking I can do it, perhaps, though, in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. So, you know, it's another, uh, I mean, it's another blessing in disguise that COVID brought yes. is that we, uh, more and more companies, um, yes. Oh, people at more and more companies are working from home and, um, yes. And I never, like I said, I never disliked tech. Um, I always enjoyed working with tech professionals. Um, it's just, I did not like the politics and environment. Mm-hmm. And now with this whole thing pretty much gone, I'm enjoying it. Wonderful. So that's just another message that, you know, you, we never, which I love, you don't have to close the door completely. If there's something that you sort of did love, then maybe the atmosphere you were in wasn't working and you needed to leave that. That doesn't mean you can't revisit it a year later, five years later, whatever, and say, wait a second, I can restructure it in a different way and incorporate that in my life in a good and positive way and feel on that I'm purposeful, that I'm productive, whatever, and that I, I feel good about it, which is what I'm hearing you say. So right now you're kind of doing that. That's kind of where you're putting your energies, like in tech, still doing your, I want to hear about where people might find, I mean, I did look up and I did see a peer earring, so we'll discuss later. Um, what's like your website? If someone did, can just like anybody buy it, buy your jewelry or your pieces? <laughs> Yes, they can find it at uh, swankycrow.com. Swankycrow? Swankycrow, yes. Okay, how did you come up with that? Well, swanky, of course, I understand. What's crow? Well, um, it's uh, there's actually a story on my website about a crow. Okay, all right. Well, then people will have to go ahead and take a peek at that. Yeah, yeah that, there is a story about a particular crow. Um, I guess um, I... I may I named my company in honor of that particular crow, <laughs> but uh, in general, I just love crows and uh, they're okay. very, very smart, very smart birds. And um, they steal shiny stuff. Yes. Crows love jewelry. <laughs> uh, y- yes. Oh, I love it. Look at how creative you are. Oh my goodness. Well, 
Sounds like you're you're still in progress, which I love because we really we all are in process. Um, so thank you so much. I appreciate the time that you've given us and sharing us your unique story, which sounds like is only still going on. There's not an ending here for Vika, which is I love that. Any closing comments for anyone else that might be listening that's thinking, I don't know. I mean, here you've changed your path, I don't know, at least three or four times, which you needed to do and you did. And you're like amazing. Um, so someone's struggling, like, I don't know if I can change because I'm making a lot of money, but my heart's over here, but I hate what's happening over here. Any closing thoughts for them? Um, yes. So, um, like I said, a lot of things that seem glamorous from the outside are Mm -hmm. not necessarily as glamorous when you are, um, in the middle of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, um, if you are really good at something, that brings you a great income good for you yeah i mean and it's just before you decide to pivot look at whether you really hate what you are doing Mm -hmm. because whatever seems very attractive on the outside may not be even remotely as pleasant correct you think it will be um and uh it could be that you don't even need to change what you're doing. Maybe it could be that you need to change the environment you're doing mm-hmm. it in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then things will, you know, fit into place. Right. So it's just, yeah, it's just one thing is that I notice a lot that people think that grass is always greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. And, um, I went to so many other different sides. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. You've been to a lot of those greener sides. It didn't, it sounds like they didn't look, they weren't so green. Right. And, uh, and you know what, it kind of sobers you up quite a bit mm-hmm. because um, you will always think that the grass is greener until you try it. Mm-hmm. And the truth you know? of the matter is sometimes it is if it's really meant to be, but yeah. oftentimes it's not. So you just want to, in my mind, Keep that heart open to your own passions and see where it leads you. And if it's if you thought, ah, this is it. And then you're in it for however long and you're going, no, thought it was it, but it's not it. It's okay. I love your word pivot that you've been you've had two different masters. You've had many different interests. And when something wasn't working, you went, no, I'm going to. No, you know, even though you were making a lot of money in one place, you went, I, I can't stay here anymore. So um, and again, I'm all about abundance. So we're all happy. Everyone should make a good living. We want to support ourselves. That's great. But is it great if it's at the cost of your soul? I don't know. If it's so great. Well, yeah, Janice, it's really great. Can I just add something to this? Oh, please. It's so great that you touched upon this, because the thing is that um, you do need to make sacrifices because, yes, you know, I moved from. Um, beautiful two bedroom and Brooklyn Park Slope into a student dorm with a shared bathroom. Wow. <laughs> you know, wow. I, it's and just, you weren't 19 years old at that time. No, no I was 40, 42 years old. At wow. The time. And that wow. was after, you know, I lived independently and had my own space for, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's, it's not, um, you can't, Sometimes, unfortunately, you cannot have it all. And mm-hmm. in order to pivot, you do have to um, adjust. Uh, you have to adjust your finances. You have to uh, adjust your lifestyle. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, after that, I moved to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And uh, now are, you live, are you live in Michigan now? I'm in Detroit right now. Yes. Yeah. 
So because I mean, think building a studio in New York City, just having graduated uh, from MFA and having over a hundred k loans, right? <laughs> it's just impossible, that, right? Not that it just wasn't thinkable, right? So it's uh, you do have to. Um, it's it's not like you can have your cake and eat it too. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, you, so- it's you have to you have to also think whether it's something that you're willing to do. It's possible. But you have to go through um, quite a bit of discomfort if you are accustomed to a particular lifestyle. Right. So I'm I think that's true. And I'm going to say that's true sometimes, not all times, but you do have to be willing. And it just reminds me that I'm going to close, you know, end this. But when I um, I got divorced when I was in my 30s, you know, young and, and, and again, it wasn't my husband, ex-husband, a nice guy. We're really good friends right now, but he did very well um, financially. And I was a young girl in my twenties living in a very nice house and whatever. And, um, but something just wasn't feeling right to me. And I remember looking in the mirror saying, if I have to sell my four bedroom home with a swimming pool and live in a two bedroom apartment with my two kids, I think that's going to be better for me than what I'm at right now. As it turned out, I didn't have to do that. I mean, but I was will at that moment, Mm -hmm. I was willing to, and I really feel He's happy in his life. I'm happy in my life. I think we, I, we now not at the time at the time it was very stressful and upsetting and whatever, but in the long haul, um, it, it ended up being a good decision, but I had to really look deep inside and say, Hey, am I willing to give up my comforts in it? And I was. So, um, again, I was blessed that I didn't have to, cause just, I didn't have to. So that was good. But so, yeah, so sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But you have to be, in my opinion, what you said, that's the most important thing is you have to be willing. You have to be willing to say, if I want my life different, there might be some discomfort here because that's just where I'm at right now. Or that's just how it looks like it's going to be. But that doesn't mean going down, you know, as I continue on my path, that it may not end up being the best path ever. So I think that's those are wise words for everyone to keep in mind. So I just want to say thank you again so much. I want people to look up Swanky Crow because I already went on there and I found a pair of earrings. Um, I don't know if they're still available, but as I said, I will talk to you later. Anyways, I want to close. I found this earlier, not knowing exactly how this was going to go by Maya Angelou. It's very short. And really what she says is this. You can never use up your creativity, but the more you use it, the more you have, the more you have to give. So it's kind of like just knowing that whatever you have inside that's that's particular to you and we all have different talents and whatever, whether it be artistic or in my case, hopefully mental health, whatever. If you use it um, in a place of love and are willing to give it back. She's saying there's more. I, and I'm also saying you're going to feel like really so much better in your life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you the best on this combination of tech and art that sounds like you're moving um, in that direction. And to you, the listener, um, hope you're doing well and that you are living your life um, with purpose and on purpose, or at least thinking about it. This is Janice Alpert. Until next time, take good care. Bye-bye. 